It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It's going to be terrific. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I usually do this every single week. But before I forget, this episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any any technical skills or without downloading an app. Try it free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Not long ago, I was interviewed on a friend's live radio show out in Boston, and he asked me a really interesting question during the interview. He asked me to give three tips to entrepreneurs to help them be more successful. So here's what I said. First, you need to surround yourself with people who are moving in the same direction you want to go. If your goal is to run a successful business, then listen to podcasts about that. Read books, go to seminars where you're likely to meet those types of people. Second, have a strong why. When things get tough, you can't quit at the first sign of trouble. If you don't have your strong, compelling reason to continue, you'll quit sooner than later. And that's just not how winning's done. Finally, don't ever give up. If you have the right people around you and you have your strong why, you are less likely to give up. The most successful people I know keep going in the face of very difficult circumstances. If you do these three things, your chances of reaching your goals will be a lot higher. Keep going. You will be so glad you did. With all this in mind, I would like to introduce my guest very shortly. But before I forget, if you've not checked out my latest book, it's called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2. It's on Amazon. The Kindle version is 99 cents. You can't even shake a stick at that. Go ahead and get that. I would love it if you would do that. It featured some of the best interviews from my show, including Kevin Harrington, Dan Locke, Chris Powell, Brad Sugars, and so many more. So my guest this week is T.J. Watson. Let me tell you about him. T.J. Watson is the co-owner and chief operating officer for Bits and Bytes Computers. His experience in customer relations has launched a new level of customer service that is simply lacking in other IT-related businesses. His focus as a business owner is to ensure that every transaction is not only successful, but significant and personal. It's all about connecting and truly listening to find a personalized solution that not only meets, but exceeds the customer's expectation. He's also very big on giving back to the Phoenix community. T.J. and his company have donated over 100 computers to nonprofit organizations across the valley, including the American Legion, the VFW, Healing Heroes, and Pause for Life. He's achieved massive success through his experience working with other IT companies, and he's crafted his own that is unmatched in so many ways. His father and his wife are partners in the business, and they provide a fantastic support system to facilitate greatness. I've done business with him. He's fantastic, and I wholeheartedly endorse him. So for more information on TJ and his company, visit Bits and Bytes store.com that's bits and bytes store.com and that's bytes with a y pretty clever so we're going to talk about a lot today on the show and so here we are with my very special guest tj watson how are you today tj i'm fantastic brian thank you 
All right, fantastic. So the first question I like to ask people is, did you envision early in your life that you would be where you are right now? Uh, I'm going to answer that with a, a yes and no. So early in life, uh, my my goal was to be a lawyer. So uh, clearly that didn't happen, but um, it was always to be great. So I always wanted to, you know, I knew that no matter what I was going to do in life, it was going to, you know, have greatness behind it. And, you know, I was going to be successful at it no matter what it took. Um, I just didn't know that this is what I would be doing. Hmm. Wow. So what is it that made you decide not to become a lawyer? You know, uh, a series of events throughout life, I guess, uh, you know, like through high school things, uh, you know, like most kids, you know, went off track a little bit and, you know, had to kind of go exploring and hanging out with the wrong people. And so, uh, you know, uh, the aspiration for the motivation behind, you know, going through and doing all the schooling um, sort of slipped away. But then, you know, when things leveled out after that, uh, it was just, I knew what schooling would be involved and I'm willing to do what it takes to be successful. But I found out that if I went through all that schooling, it would take me away from uh, building meaningful relationships with the spouse. Um, and in the end, it's not really what would make me happy. It's what I wanted to do, but I wouldn't be happy doing it. Wow. No, that's a really great answer. Sometimes just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I like that answer a lot. So how did you get interested in computers? Because that is your livelihood. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was always around computers. So I was fortunate to be born in a time when uh, computers were just getting off the ground uh, for productivity purposes. Mm -hmm. And I saw a lot of changes. You know, my first computer uh, was running DOS. Um, and then from there, I went to 3.1. And my dad had actually gone to school for computers. And so he actually knew how to build them and he knew the software side of things. And so he actually built me my first computer. And so immediately I thought that that was interesting and I really admired him for having that skill set. So, uh, you know, from there it was, uh, it was just always around me. And so there was always something kind of pulling at my shirt saying, you know, this might be something that you could do just like your dad. And maybe that would yeah. give us uh, that commonality and that strong connection. Absolutely. So when you got your first computer, was the Internet becoming a thing yet or was that still a little ways away? Well, do you remember when uh, AOL used to send out those CDs in the mail with so many yep. hours on it? Uh-huh. And when I got into computers. So, uh, yeah, dial-up was very much a thing. Uh, yeah. You know, going from a 14.4 uh, modem to uh, – you know, and just watching the pro progression, moving up to like a 56K and thinking that was the greatest thing in the entire world. Um, right. But yeah, that's really the big explosion of what we know is the Internet today. Yeah, that's fantastic. So how did you decide to become an entrepreneur? Uh, so that actually happened uh, by accident. Hmm. So I, I started to gain all of this uh, knowledge of working on computers. And back in, we're going to say... About 2003, uh, 2003, I had a computer and I was always messing it up. I just, I would always download these things that, you know, would speed up your computer, or add animated wallpapers. And uh, my dad got frustrated and, you know, to be frank, he just got tired of fixing it all the time. And so mm. um, he, he reached a point where he walked into my bedroom where my computer was and he handed me a CD and a screwdriver and said, figure it out. Oh, <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, so from there, uh, I really started to learn how to work on computers and I enjoyed doing it. And, uh, I found that 
through working various jobs through school and whatnot um, for other people that I wanted to be building something that was my own. I wanted mm-hmm. to create a legacy that I could pass on to whatever family I would have one day. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of how I, I got into being an entrepreneur. Um, I was working for three different companies. Uh, the recession hit in 2008. And uh, in three weeks, I lost all three jobs. Oh. Yeah. So um, that wasn't working out real well. And so no. you know, we, we came together as a family. I was, I was dating with uh, Becky, who is my wife now. And uh, she was a big support system. And uh, she said, you know what? It's okay. We're actually in the middle of what we thought was going to be buying our first house. Mm. Uh, we lost that. And I said, you know what? I, I can't rely on other businesses. I can't you know, be at their mercy. But I know that if I can build something that's my own, that if it collapses, then that's on me. And if I built it, yeah. I can build it again or build something different. Yeah. There's something to be said for having some control over your destiny, whereas you're building it. And if it doesn't work, it is your fault for whatever reason that is. I know I love that. I think a lot of people start businesses because they don't want to be at somebody else's mercy anymore. And that's a really great, great idea. What do you think it takes to be a successful entrepreneur? Oh man, a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, <laughs> I think that for most of us, at least for myself, when I started this, that I thought that I could just show up to an office and, you know, sign a few papers and tell people what to do and everything would be fine. And I would mm-hmm. just wait to be successful one day. And, you know, it's, uh, it's several different things that you do and it's each and every day. So, um, for me being a successful entrepreneur is being open-minded first of all. Sure. You know, being willing to accept changes as they come to you, um, and then you know, rolling with the times, especially in computers, uh, things change so often. What makes sense today may not be relevant tomorrow. And um, you know, being a successful entrepreneur is, I think, always doing the right thing too. You know, especially when dealing with customers and clients. Uh, in our business, word of mouth is so important. And one time that we do the wrong thing can affect uh, hundreds, thousands of dollars. So I think that it's, it's being dedicated. I think that it's being organized. I think that it's being a good leader. I think that it's being honest to your customers. Uh, and I think it's about doing that each and every day. Oh, I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with all of that. We've got a couple of minutes or so to our very first break. Why do you think most people don't make that leap? Uh, fear. Yeah. You know, uh, like I had said earlier about, you know, not wanting to be at the mercy of somebody else. Uh, there's other people out there and uh, that are afraid to take that leap because now that if you're working for yourself, there's no safety net. Mm-hmm. Scares so, a lot of people. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Especially so, if they have families. Yeah, absolutely. What is your big why? Why do you do what you do? Uh, I want to. I want to. I want to ch- change the way that people see the service industry. I, I want them to see that there are, are people that care, that will support you, that will always be there for you. And that's the number one reason people do business with us is, you know, they say that I come here because of the way that I get treated. You know, it's mm-hmm. not walking to a Best Buy or Walmart and, you know, oh, trying yeah. to help you with your needs. So, yeah, I've tried walking into Best Buy before to have them look at my computer, but they want you to join their geek squad for $200 a year before they'll even look. I'm like, really? You want me to spend $200 before you even look at this? No, thanks. I walked out. Yep. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. All right, we are going to go to our break here very shortly. My very special guest is TJ Watson, and he is uh, the co-owner of 
bits and bytes computers and he's in apache junction arizona where the store is and he does work with people all over the country so you don't have to be in the phoenix area to work with him we'll talk about a lot more about that when we come back from the break we're going to talk about a lot of wonderful things on this show we're going to talk about cybersecurity. we're going to talk about passwords we're going to talk about maybe backing up your data. We're going to talk about protecting yourself from people who want to get your information. And there's a lot of that out there. And we need to be very, very diligent and vigilant with our data. So we'll come right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back on the other side. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. According to the American Cancer Society, over 240,000 men will develop prostate cancer this year. Many men will also be diagnosed with an enlarged prostate. BPH is a non-cancerous increase in the size and number of cells that make up the prostate. Harvard Medical School recommends exercise for prostate cancer prevention. They state that regular exercise pairs down your risk of developing some deadly problems, including heart disease, stroke, and certain types of cancers. And although few studies have directly assessed the impact of exercise on prostate health, those that have been done have concluded that exercise is beneficial. If you are a man, take the advice of reputable health institutions and make daily exercise your mode of operation. Not only are you defending yourself against most cancers, you are also increasing your quality of life. I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio, and here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is T.J. Watson, and he is the co-owner of a wonderful business here in Arizona called Bits and Bytes Computers. And if you are in need of computers or getting your computer serviced, he is the man to help you out. In fact, I met him at the Mesa swap meet he had a store he had a booth out there on the weekend and i just went out there and i bought my laptop from him a couple of months three months ago actually three months ago today march 1st is when i bought my laptop so happy so tj i would love to ask you about your business tell us exactly what you do and how you serve the community sure yeah thanks brian uh so what we do is we have we have two locations first of all so we have the location you just talked about out at the mason marketplace and yeah that's a weekend spot it's mostly a sales outlet um, where we sell our computers and then accessories and peripherals for them then throughout the week we have our brick and mortar location uh, on apache trail in ellsworth 
And that location we've had now for about 12 years. Mm-hmm. And it is our full service center with sales built in. So if you have some sort of an issue with your computer and you need to have it serviced, a virus removal, a data transfer, whatever it is, um, we're fully equipped here to support those needs. And then we also have options for uh, replacing an existing computer if you'd like to go that route. Absolutely. How did you come up with the name Bits and Bytes? I think that's pretty clever. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I actually can't take the credit for that one. Um, that name was developed by my father, Tom Watson, mm-hmm. and who I still work with today, by the way. And, um, you know, it, it's derived from bits and bytes. And so if you look at, you know, computer terms, uh, there are eight bits in one byte. And mm-hmm. that's where these terms like uh, terabyte, megabyte, um, and that sort of thing. So we just combined the two. Well, he did. And he thought that it would be a cute name. And so we just, uh, you know, worked on putting it together in different fonts and formats and um, bits and bytes. It just made sense. It's worked. Yeah. That's uh, great. That sticks. Yeah, it is. It's wonderful. It's easy to remember. And that's so important. So what makes your business unique? I would say the, it sounds cliche, but it's seriously the, the level of customer service. Um, you know, if you go and check out our reviews, you're going to see that that's, you know, probably the most commonly used term when people are leaving a review for us is um, the customer service that they receive. And we're not like like a lot of big box stores where we're like pushy or we try and get you into something that, uh, you know, maybe you don't need, but we'll, you know, pay our guys more commission or something crazy like that. Uh, what we do is, uh, is we actually ask questions instead of just telling you what to do. And let's say as an example, Brian, you came into the store and you had an older computer and you weren't really sure. You're like, Oh, you know, this thing is, you know, seven, eight, 10 years old. Uh, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know if I'm, I'm further ahead getting a new computer or fixing this one. Um, we would lay out all of the options because we can fix anything. Mm-hmm. We can up anything. It's just a question of whether or not it's worth it to you for us to do that. Yeah. And that's us to decide. Yeah. Yeah, we lay all of that out. And then when it comes to buying a new computer or a refurbished one, uh, we ask what it is that you do on a computer. Because, I mean, that, that really matters. I mean, if you're a business professional like yourself, you may not have the same needs as a, a college student or someone in high school and certainly not the same needs as someone who does like video editing. So we want to make sure you get a computer that handles everything that you need it to, but that you're not paying for features that you may not necessarily use. Yeah. And I was going to ask, how do you know when it's time to replace your computer versus getting it fixed? I had a guy replace my hard drive on my other computer when it was about eight years old and it ran fine for a little while longer. And then it started getting really slow. And after 12 or 13 years, I decided it's just time. So I'm sure that if someone asks you that question, you're just going to give them the honest answer. Like you just said, you can fix anything, but it's just a matter of do you want to? And at some point, it's probably less expensive to just buy something new, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it oftentimes is because what happens is, uh, you know, you, you let's say you have a seven-year-old computer, Brian. Sure. And you bring that into the store and you ask that direct question like, hey, should I get a new computer or should I fix this one? Well, okay, let's, let's break it down. So uh, it, maybe we can upgrade the RAM. Maybe you have four gigabytes of RAM in there and you want to go to eight gigabytes for more, you know, quote-unquote speed. Well, you're talking about RAM that's seven years old that's harder to find now. And because it's harder to find, it's more expensive. Mm. So maybe it cost you $100, $125 to upgrade that 
to eight gigabytes, but you're still dealing with the slower processor. You're probably still dealing with um, a traditional hard drive instead of a solid state. And you know now you're dumping hundreds of dollars into a machine that's still going to be seven years old. It may run a little bit better, but what if it dies on you in three months? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to feel really good about spending that money on it. But we'll we'll do it if you want us to. But the thing is, once we do all that work to it, you still don't have a warranty on it anymore. Mm. Still an older machine. So as time goes on, needs change too. Because let's say you buy a computer for a particular purpose in March, March first, and then two years from now, you're you're doing a lot of traveling, Brian, and now you're mm-hmm. going. Now you need instead of three hours of battery life, you need eleven. So. You know, at that point, it's like, well, maybe we should get you into a different computer, one that's built more for battery longevity. Mm. You know what I mean? So right. it, it definitely depends on what your needs are. And so that's why out of the gate, we ask what it is that you do with the computer and what your plans are for it. That's a wonderful question to open with for sure. And you refurbish computers. I believe my laptop is refurbished. It runs like it's brand new. So you accept a computer, a customer's old computer in case you want to salvage any parts, right? Correct. And you don't charge people for that. You just accept people's computer yeah. and, and you don't charge them for it. No. It, what we found was when we started this and still today, there are a lot of companies that if you want to drop off uh, electronics to them, they charge you for it. And it's you know by weight or size or something large. They won't take it. So now what you're doing is you're loading all the stuff up into your car. You're having to bring half of it back home with you. And what happens to it? You don't know what to do with it. You're like most people. It ends up in the dumpster. Mm-hmm. And then – from there, it goes to our landfills. And then these these materials that are in these computers, the, they're toxic for our environment. They get into our groundwater, and they're destroying our planet. So what we wanted to do was provide a safe way for people to uh, recycle old electronics with us. And it doesn't matter to us if it's a toaster, an alarm clock, a radio, a cell phone, a laptop. We're going to take it, and we're going to dispose of it properly. And that way you are 100% protecting the environment. And if you're recycling a computer, you know that they have those hard drives in there and that's got sensitive data, sometimes tax returns and Mm. uh, social security numbers. And, uh, you know, so what we do is full DOD level wipe on those drives too. And uh, that stands for Department of Defense, same Mm. software they use so that when we're done with the hard drive, you could hand it over to the CIA and they couldn't get anything off of it. So Mm. it's all protecting our community and our, uh, our personal data. Wow. That's wonderful. Let's talk about cybersecurity. What can we do to protect ourselves? I know that's a big question, but I'll let you take that where you want to go. Sure. Yeah. So cybersecurity is huge. And, you know, the biggest thing that we see that makes people vulnerable are lack of complex passwords. Mm. You know, so oftentimes we try to make things simple on ourselves because we have to have passwords for everything we do now. And Mm. so you know, we try and get away with not adding a special character. So, you know, maybe it's your dog's name with a one at the end of it. And then one site wants it to be capitalized. So now it's capitalized for that site. Mm-hmm. And then one wants a special character. So now there's an exclamation at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, what happens is we start using the same quote unquote password across all of these different websites. And people are that are out to get your information, they know that and that they plan on that. And so people say, well, you know, it, it's okay. I only use that like on my Facebook page, you know, uh, and it's like, okay, well, what about your bank? You know, what password do you use for your bank? And, you know, invariably it's almost always the same thing with, you know, one or two differences. So people say, you know, like you don't have to 
worry so much because your bank has built-in security. That's true, but mm -hmm. let's say this, let's say a hacker gets into your computer and they're able to get your Facebook password. Mm. Now they're gonna try that on your bank site and it doesn't matter what security they have. It's like your house. If you have the key to unlock the front door, someone's coming in. Right, right. Well, I know with Facebook, for example, if you reset your password, that they, they will not let you use a password that you've ever, ever, ever used. That's annoying because every password that I normally use, I've used. So I have to invent new ones, and then I'm afraid of forgetting. So I just write it down somewhere and keep it safe. Yeah, that's a that's a great thing to do, and that's an excellent point. Another thing that can be enabled on most sites now is something called two-factor authentication. Have you heard of that, Brian? Uh, where you have to confirm it after you've picked a new password? Uh, yeah, it's sort of a confirmation system, and not just when you pick a new password, but when you sign into a website. So, for example, if I log into Facebook, uh, I enter in my email address, I put in my password, and then that's not enough for it to let me in. Now it sends me a text message that I have to confirm in yes. order to allow me to go in. So that's something Apple started doing a few years back when they had the iCloud leaks. Uh, that's something I'd encourage people to turn on on any site they can just to give that extra layer of security. Yeah. And you know, like you said, writing down these passwords, keeping them in a safe place, that's a really good thing to do. Uh, but now with technology, things have gotten actually a lot easier to secure these passwords. Yeah. Uh, if you like, I can talk about that a little bit. Sure. So, you know, what we see all the time, we deal mostly with senior citizens because of where we're located. We're in East Mesa, so, you know, there's just a high population of that here. And uh, invariably, they bring in this little password book with them. And it's got a hundred different passwords in it, scratched out, crossed out, and they're struggling to find the right one. Yeah, uh, you can use a safe, secure password manager program like LastPass, and all you need to remember for that is one master password, and you can store all of your passwords inside of it, and it'll even apply them to the proper websites as you visit them. It also works across devices, so you can have it on your computer, you can have it on your tablet, you can have it on your smartphone, sign in with one account, keep one password top of mind, and it does all the work for you. I love that, that's really great. We've got a couple minutes to our next break. You also help people reset their passwords, even even remotely, right? Oh, sure, yep. Yeah, I know a lot of times people uh, don't remember security questions and you know that's just human nature, and so yeah, we're able to help them with that. Uh, it's typically done in person, but yeah, we can log into the machine so that we can see what they're seeing, you know, with mm -hmm. their permission, of course, and, uh, you know, help them reset that password. And then we can show them ways to keep it safe. Yeah, absolutely. We're coming up against our next break. We are with TJ Watson, and he's the co-owner of a great little computer company here in Arizona called Bits and Bytes. You can find out more about them at Bits and the letter N, Bits and Bytes store. Dot com. And when we come back from the break, I will ask TJ about virus protection. I will ask about phishing schemes. There's a lot of that where companies or people will send you an email where it looks like it's from Bank of America, but it's really not. And it's because they're trying to get your password information. That's really dangerous, and not everyone figures that out before it's too late. We'll talk about avoiding the scams. We'll talk about customer service. We will talk about leadership. We will talk about so much more. A lot of great things to talk about, not only in terms of computers and security, but also in terms of the ownership of a business side of things, which is what this show really is about. So we'll come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We'll be right back after the break. The mission 
is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is TJ Watson. He's the co-owner of a fine little computer company here in Arizona called Bits and Bytes Computers. And if you've not subscribed to Success Profiles Magazine, I would love it if you would check that out. Go to successprofilesmagazine.com. And the newest issue is going to be coming out very soon featuring Dennis Waitley on the cover. And uh, you can subscribe for a dollar for seven days as a trial. So go ahead and do that. I'd love for you to check it out. And here we are with TJ Watson. So let's talk about virus protection. There's a lot of scams in that space in particular. How do you identify what a good virus protection program should look like? Yeah, uh, great question. So we we identified that uh, through experience, actually. You know, once upon a time, uh, Norton antivirus, that was, uh, you know, Varnon, that was the best antivirus protection that you could put on your computer. And uh, what happened with that is, as time went on, we started to see more and more computers coming in that had Norton installed, but still had malware and viruses on there. And we we'd figure out like, you know, what was going on or why it was so popular. And so, you know, after some research, we found that they started adding, they start, started trying to do like too many things with their antivirus program. And they were missing the big picture, the, you know, the thing where, you know, you got to try and catch as much stuff out there as possible, not just worry about like marketing and branding. And they started making deals with manufacturers like HP, uh, where it would come with a trial on the computer. And so people thought because it was there it was the best solution. And through our repair side of business, we found out that it wasn't. So mm. uh, there are other programs that uh, we found that protect you even better. And a lot of people don't realize, but Windows 10 now has built-in virus protection. Yeah. And okay. ransomware protection. So you know, I don't know if you've ever seen those pop-ups that sometimes yeah. people but you know, they lock up your computer, demand you to pay all this money. Windows yeah. protects against that now. So Good. Uh, they've really great job with Windows 10 and security. Uh, it's built right in. It's free. Um, yeah. Whatever 
loves. And if you want an extra layer protection, there's a program that we use on our computers here that I use on mine personally. Um, like Norton, it's $39 a year, but it protects you against absolutely everything out there or is darn close to it, and it doesn't slow down your computer in the least. Uh, and that program's wow. Malwarebytes Premium. Malwarebytes Premium. That's fantastic. So let me just ask, for those who don't feel very tech savvy and they don't know a lot about computers, they buy a computer, but they're not really sure how to use it and they don't want to learn in front of other people. Do you offer private training for people who might be too embarrassed because they don't know anything? They don't think they know anything. Sure. Yeah. And you know what? Here's the thing is a lot of people think that their their questions are, you know, quote unquote, stupid. And uh, they're just the same questions that we all have had at some point or another. It's just, you know, the difference between me and them is that I learned it first. Yeah. And, you know, so that's what we do. We have personal one on one training. Um, it's hour long increments and it's twenty nine dollars for that hour. It's very reasonable. Uh, they can come in with their spouse. We typically ask that they bring a list of questions and their own computer or device. Uh, that way we're actually showing them how to do these things. We're not telling them mm -hmm. and aim better. That way they can take down notes. We can adjust things on their own machine. And they're, they don't feel uncomfortable like in a classroom setting where they don't want to be the first person to ask a question. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, people that's really beautiful. Yeah. Sometimes we get done with a document and our computer crashes and we didn't save. And that's a horrible, horrible feeling. How often should you back up your data? So I would say once a week for the average person. Uh, that's what we typically recommend. Now, it brings you kind of into another thing because a lot of people don't back up their computers. And the reason they don't is because they don't know how. Mm-hmm. And they're afraid to ask, and they're just hoping that nothing ever happens. So what we do is a, with our training is, you know, we can show people how to back up their computers. And what a lot of people don't realize is you don't have to go out and buy a program like uh, Carbonite or anything like that to back up your system. Uh, you, you just don't. Windows has a built-in backup utility uh, right into the operating system that a lot of people don't even know is there. And it can be set up for scheduled backups like Sunday at 7 p.m., whenever works best for you. Mm -hmm. And you just have an external hard drive plugged into your machine. You can create what's called the system image. Um, see, there's, there's two different kinds of backups. And there's a local backup where you're going to save, like, pictures and documents and favorites. And that's great because you have that stuff if something happens. But let's say your hard drive crashes. Well, you still have to put a new hard drive in the machine. You have to reload the operating system fresh. Then you know how that is. I mean, it's it's getting your Wi-Fi password in there. It's logging in all of your other email passwords. It's reinstalling your printer. It's getting your wallpaper to be what it wants to be. There's a lot of work that goes into that. Mm -hmm. So you can do that kind of backup, or you can create a system image using Windows, and we can show you how. And what that does is it's actually, like it sounds, it's an image. It's a snapshot of your entire machine. So that includes all of your programs, all of your printers, all of your settings, so that once you restore that image back, uh, and it does it on its own. All you have to do is start it and then go have lunch. And when you come back, your computer is exactly how it was prior to the crash. All of your documents are there. All of your programs are there. Everything is just ready to go. Yeah. What's your philosophy in putting everything on the cloud? Because I am a little skittish about that because a lot of things out of my control can happen, right? With the Internet, things can crash. You just don't know. What's your sure. philosophy on that? 
Yeah, so um, it, great for some people, not great for everyone else. Um, we've had experience with programs like cloud backups. Um, Carbonite is a great example. So Carbonite will back up your entire computer, um, including programs and whatnot. But if you need to restore that stuff back, it can sometimes take days mm -hmm. for you to be able to download it back from the cloud. So there is that if you're a business professional, an entrepreneur. Um, that doesn't work for me. So the other side is like what you're saying. I mean, there's just too many things that go wrong. Realistically, what happens is when you upload to the cloud, it uploads to a data center, uh, you know, that has security built into it and it has redundant backups behind it. So uh, you are pretty safe doing that, but it never hurts to do a local backup and not just one. Like in my machine, what I do is I actually have the main hard drive and then my wife takes pictures of absolutely everything and usually three or four of the same thing. Mm. And uh, so... If I ever lost these pictures, you can imagine how much of a in the doghouse I would be. Right. So, oh, yeah. Uh, so we have our main hard drive, then there's a backup hard drive, and then there's a second backup hard drive, and then I have an external backup, which I plug in periodically, and I throw it in the safe. So if I ever have a fire or something, I still have it at. And then I upload to the cloud as well. So that's the extreme side of backing up. Um, but most people are good with at least just one backup, preferably on an external hard drive that they can store in a safe place. Yeah. Absolutely. So there are a lot of scams out there. People are trying to get your password and bank information and credit card information and a lot of other really important stuff. How can you tell who's legit and who's not if they're asking you for that information? There's a lot of phishing schemes out there, particularly through email. Yeah, uh, that is a great question. Uh, I'll use PayPal as an example. Mm -hmm. So PayPal is a huge company. Lots of uh, people use it to make payments across the internet. So Oftentimes, these scammers will send out their phishing, and that'll be an email that you'll receive. It'll have the official PayPal logo on it. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll say, you know, we just need uh, this account information updated to verify that it's you. And it'll say something urgent like uh, package delayed, you know. And so mm -hmm. people are often buying packages on the Internet through Amazon or wherever. And, you know, so they fall for it. They don't know what package it is. And so... What it'll do is it'll say, hey, just click here to verify your information. Then you click on that link. It takes you to a page that looks just like the login page for PayPal. Mm -hmm. And it'll say, enter in your username and password for verification. Well, you do that, and now you just gave them your email address and password, not realizing that it wasn't the legit Amazon or PayPal. Right. So, unfortunately, people fall for it all the time. The best thing you can do is to go directly to that website, whoever it is that is claiming to be from somewhere, you go directly to the website. So you go to your address bar at the top, you type in paypal.com, or you go to amazon.com, and then you sign in there. And if there's a message and something you need to take care of, you'll be notified of it right away. Right. I would also check the originating email that from the message where it came from, because if it doesn't say at paypal.com or at bankofamerica.com or whatever, probably not legit. In fact, the first time this ever happened to me, I thought I was actually in the process of reconfirming all of my personal information. I was halfway done. And all of a sudden this, it, I just had this weird gut feeling. I'm like, I better just call Bank of America. I did. And the girl I talked to asked me, did you click submit yet? I said, no. She says, good, please don't. And she gave me an email that I could forward that phishing email to the fraud department. And if you, if you call them and ask them, about their, you know, about their fraud department, they'll talk to you, and they want evidence of that because they have pretty sneaky ninja ways of tracking now where that came from, and they'll shut them down right away. 
Yeah, yeah, that is a, an excellent tip. Uh, yeah, because oftentimes it'll be like, you know, uh, even a series of crazy characters, it'll be like AASF, you know, two mm-hmm. at, yeah. you know, payments.com. You're like, what? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Now, you are based here in the Phoenix area, but you do work with people who are not local, right? I mean, you will ship computers, you'll you'll do whatever with them, right? Absolutely. So uh, this happened from uh, being where we are. We have a lot of snowbirds, winter visitors that come down from Canada and just all over. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so we, we had to find ways to, you know, serve them while they're not here. They're here for six months. They're there for six months. And we actually just had a meeting last week. That's another thing that we do to, you know, stay on track is we have weekly meetings uh, that helps to keep things flowing well. And the topic of this last meeting was tracking our customers and seeing exactly where they are throughout the world. And we found that the only place that we don't have customers is Australia. Oh, we have them in Asia. We have them in Canada. We have some in South Africa. We have them in Western Europe. They're literally everywhere except Australia. So (laughs) maybe someday we'll tap into that too, but uh, we're pretty darn proud of that. That's fantastic. We've got about a minute and a half or so to our final break. Tell us about your customer service philosophy. What does that entail? Uh, Customer service philosophy at the very top is honesty. Yeah. Uh, See, like it is so important to be honest with people because if you're BSing them, they'll see right through it and they will tell everyone that they know uh, that you are less than sincere and you just, it, that's the beginning of the end of your business. Absolutely. So if someone's unhappy, how do you deal with it? Maybe you can give us an example of how you happy ha- helped an unhappy customer. We've got about a minute or so. Sure. Yeah. So uh, for me, uh, I love helping unhappy customers because it's like one of those things that excites me that doesn't happen that often so uh, when i get to do it it's great what i do is um it's it's through explanation most people are unhappy with an experience they had because they don't fully understand what happened and so when i'm able to explain things and break it down to them in ways that are not condescending then um in the end we're usually laughing and shaking hands so uh, that's what i do to de-escalate That's fantastic. We're coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. I am here with TJ Watson, co-owner of a great little company here in Arizona called Bits and Bytes. We've been talking about computers and security and everything related to that, and we will talk some more when we come back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We'll be here on the other side. Don't go away. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. 
It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is TJ Watson, and he is from Bits and Bytes Computers. And if you've not picked up my latest book, it's called Success Profiles Conversations with High Achievers Volume 2. Go ahead and pick that up on Amazon. The Kindle version is 99 cents. Can't even sneeze at that. So, TJ, you do corporate consulting as well, right? Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. So uh, there are a lot of businesses that, uh, you know, obviously they have computers that need to run well. Um, so, yeah, we, we consult with them and find ways that we can uh, streamline the way that things are set up. We automate backup solutions for them. Um, and then we also provide ongoing support. So uh, via like Windows updates, uh, security patches and so on. Yeah. And it's really good to source out things like that to a company like yours when they aren't quite big enough to have their own IT department, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. We're, right, we're servicing a number of dental offices. Mm-hmm. Uh, attorneys. We have uh, a pest control company right now that we're supporting. So yeah, those types of businesses where they've got a few employees, I would say 20 employees or less, um, that's an ideal niche for us to be able to service. Yeah. Do you have some sort of an on-call program that people can, businesses can invest in? You know, we're actually developing the business side of that right now. Uh, so what we're coming out with, and you'll see in the next uh, probably a month or so is a business support system where you can pay X amount per month and get unlimited support. And that'll be a tiered system so that you're not having to pay for things that maybe your business doesn't necessarily need, mm-hmm. but you can make sure that you're paying for the things that it does. That's a really great model too, because I, I had a guest of last year who's in the graphic design space and his company does something like that, where you can pay a monthly fee on a tiered basis where you can get unlimited graphic design done for a certain amount of money per month. It's a brilliant business model. So kudos to you for coming up with that. So I would love to ask, how has your business adjusted during the pandemic period? Uh, we, we've been thriving. Good. Uh, I were so blessed. Uh, you know, we were labeled as an essential business. Uh, you know, that was a huge relief. As soon as we had heard that Arizona was going on shutdown, um, I, I started to feel a little panicked at first. Uh, and then when I saw the actual uh, order, I saw that we were listed as essential. So I knew that we were going to push forward. I wasn't sure if we were going to have a lot of traffic into our store, you know, given the circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we did is we prepared. We just, we set up our lobby so that social distancing was in place. We were CDC compliant, um, two people in the lobby at one time, only one person at the counter. And you know what, like we had a huge uptick in business, uh, cause people were working from home yeah. and, they were on their computers now more than ever, and they were finding, you know, my computer isn't as fast as I remember it to be, or, you know, it mm. did browsing Facebook, but not so much for work. And so we, we sold a ton of computers, uh, and uh, we did a lot of upgrades. Wow. 
That's great. I'm glad I bought mine a couple of weeks before that all hit. <laughs> I feel very yeah, lucky. Yeah, I've to keep them even in stock. So, absolutely. I would love to ask about your giving back program. You donate computers, also, don't you? We do. Yeah. Um, you know, not everybody realizes it, but uh, my dad is actually a veteran, and mm. uh, military has always been a big part of our life, and we like to support that. So that's actually where it started. Is it started with uh, donating to uh, VFWs. And so from there, we started to build relationships with, you know, uh, the American Legion. So we've donated computers to them. Um, we've donated computers to just needy families. Uh, you know, a quick little story is uh, out at the Mason Marketplace there, there was a, a young little boy and he came in and wanted to buy a MacBook or wanted his dad to buy him a MacBook. And, you know, you could, they were, you know, grungy, their clothes were tattered and, you know, dirty-ish. And you could just tell that they were on hard times. And he said, no, son, I, I know this, that's, that's what you really want, but we just can't afford it right now. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And so they walked away. They went down. And then a lot of people, you know, go back out of the market the same way they came in. So I uh, started talking with my dad while I was out there. And we decided that the best thing that we could do is to make that little boy's day. And so when we saw him walking back, headed for his car, we politely asked him, you know, excuse me. And um, we talked to dad and we said, hey, dad, you know, would it be okay if... Uh, if we gave your son this MacBook, and you, you should have seen the look on the little boy's face. I mean, he just lit up, wow. so excited. And the father, you know, you could see was like starting to tear up. And it was a small thing, like for us. I mean, it, it cost us a couple hundred dollars, but mm -hmm. what it did for that family. That's wonderful. Let's ask about networking. How do you use networking to build your business? Networking to build a business? Yep. Oh, so, <laughs> so many ways. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm a big member with Network Together. I, I sit right. on the board for them. I've been a member for three years. And uh, really, it's been building relationships with people. And, you know, it's it's finding ways to help them with their business. And in return, it helps yours. Mm -hmm. it, it's really just that simple. It's doing the right thing. It's having genuine conversations with people, being honest, and attending as many networking things as possible, either virtual now mm -hmm. uh, or in person. Yeah, I love that organization, too, and they do things virtually now, too, and uh, I help them with their, their quarterly magazine, and uh, it's just a pleasure to be part of it. And when you are with the right networking organization, you find brilliant people, and, and you just gravitate to your tribe, and it's so important because it's all about relationship building, of course. Let me ask you, how do you set up your day for success? Uh, I start off the day with gratitude. Uh, you know, I take a few minutes for me in the morning, even if I'm rushed. Uh, I'm, I'm a coffee person, but not a lot of coffee. So I mm -hmm. typically one cup of coffee every morning uh, religiously. And I, I like to be in my backyard. I've made my backyard a peaceful place. So I grab my cup of coffee. Uh, I go out to uh, this table that I built with my dad on my back porch. And mm -hmm. I look at and I can see my pool to the left. I can see the grass. And I just take a few minutes to just turn off all the noise. I don't jump in my email. I'm not on social media. My phone is off to the side. And I just have peace and quiet for myself. That helps me uh, reset so that I'm ready to take on whatever it is that the day is about to throw at me. I love all of that. Gratitude is so important. It's one of my favorite topics. I'm glad that you said that. So, TJ, what is your superpower? What do you do better than anyone else? I think my ability to truly understand where a person is coming from when they're talking to me mm -hmm. is, is a great gift. Uh, you know, I would consider that a superpower. The connections that I'm able to develop with uh, customers and people in general 
are just extraordinary. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I'm what you'd refer to as like an empath, so I pick up on energies and that sort of thing, and that just really helps me to, you know, be right where I need to be in a conversation, not too, you know, overbearing or, you know, not, you know, disengage. So, um, yeah, that's it. I think just the ability to really read people. That's a beautiful superpower to have for sure. Talk to us about the most influential book or mentor you've ever encountered. Okay. So, uh, from the time I was super little, uh, I used to lay on the floor of my bedroom and listening to the personal power, uh, series of CDs from, uh, Tony Robbins. Wow. So I had the whole set. There was like 12 of them. And I would just pop one in after another in my little boombox and just listen to him over and over and over and over again. And so it ingrained in me. Like I, I was like, I want to be like as influential as this person is. And he really motivated me and still does. Two years ago, I was actually able to see him in person uh, six rows back from the front in a room of 8,000 people. Mm. So, um, that was a huge like milestone for me. Definitely Tony Robbins. Did you go to Unleash the Power Within? That's what I was at, yeah. And I saw Gary Vaynerchuk there, too, who's another big influencer for me. Wow. That's absolutely amazing. So what is the biggest risk you've ever taken in business, and did it work out for you? Yeah, so the biggest risk was actually starting the business. Uh, sure. When I lost those three jobs, um, I mean, it was risky. Like, I could have I, – if I tried hard enough, I would have found something for a while and been okay. Um, so the biggest risk in business was doing that. Um it was starting. And then the, the next step was opening up our retail store. So at first we just had the Mason marketplace location and it was going to be a huge financial investment and commitment to jump into a lease, have yeah. this you know, payment every month for this rent. And we don't know who's going to walk in the door with anyone. Um, and that worked out fantastic because it, it pays for itself over and over and over again. And we're able to help so many more people now that we have that space. Wow. That's fantastic. What is the scariest thing you've ever done in your life? <laughs> uh, skydiving. <laughs> skydiving. I've done that a couple times too. A long yeah. time ago, but I'm done. So tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. So um, I always wanted to do it. And my wife, Becky, she's like a thrill seeker and she was all about doing it. So um, we did it together once and then we did it again. And that was good for me. Like I got the two in. I'm all mm -hmm. right. Uh, she's done it a third time. Her dad was just down here. Um, so skydiving was the scariest thing. But then uh, once I did it, it was one of those like, wow, I'm glad I did that. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I would love to do is go on a hot air balloon ride. And out here in Arizona, you can do that in the in the sunrise or in the sunset. And it's uh, it would be an amazing experience to have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Becky actually bought that as a gift for me uh, a while back. So her and I actually took like a couple's day oh, and wow. on a hot air balloon ride. And I can tell you, I mean, if you've done the skydiving, you like that, you'll absolutely love the hot air balloon. And I also think a helicopter ride to the Grand Canyon would be great. I've seen it in person, but to take a helicopter ride, you know, a 90 minute experience you fly there you fly back to either vegas or or sedona or scottsdale or wherever great trip great day trip yeah that sounds amazing yeah so if you could talk to the 18 year old version of yourself what would you tell him you know uh start your own business soon <laughs> yeah you know, i feel like there's so much that i want to do now and i granted i have a lot of years left you know god willing yeah uh, but I just I sometimes wonder, you know, like where I would be at now had I started then. Yeah, so let's say whatever, even if you're working a job for somebody else, if you can start a side hustle as an 18 year old or somewhere in that young age group, go for it. Like my daughter right now, uh, she works for Ring 
And uh, as her side thing, she actually does social media management. So she's following her um, passion for what she wants to do. So we mm. fully that. Absolutely. What bucket list item have you not fulfilled yet? Bucket list item I have not fulfilled yet. Traveling abroad. I yeah. have never, you know, been on the other side of the pond. Yeah, me too. And and crossing the border into Nogales doesn't really count. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to Canada. I grew up in New York, so I used to go to Toronto all the time. Yeah. Uh, not the same thing. I'd like to visit like Switzerland, a beautiful place. Yeah. What are your big goals going forward? Big goals going forward? Mm-hmm. Um, I have to build the company um, and either franchise it out um, or start a second company. So moving forward, I want to get into more of a consulting on building businesses and uh, you know just how to be successful with that. Great. So the question I ask everyone toward the end, TJ, who inspires and motivates you? So inspire would be uh, going back to Tony Robbins. Motivating is definitely my wife, Becky. Uh, she is you know my biggest cheerleader, and she is not afraid to also tell me when I'm not doing things the right way. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you through this whole business thing, like she is always coming up with great ideas of ways for us to improve and different perspectives to look at. And so, um, yeah, like motivator, definitely Becky. She is just uh, a rock star when it comes to that. Fantastic. How can we find you? How can we try with you and vibe with you? Absolutely. So, um, you know, like you had mentioned, www.bitsandbytesstore. Uh, give us a call, uh, 480-380. Five three four zero. You can also find us on Facebook. If you just Google Bits and Bytes Store, we'll pop right up. Uh, come check us out there. Um, we're always really big on Messenger. We can get back to you right away. Fantastic. Say that number one more time, please. Our phone number is 480-380-5340. Fantastic. TJ Watson, thank you for being here. It was an honor and a privilege to have you on Success Profiles Radio. Thanks for having me. All right, and thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they did to succeed, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn along the way. And until next week, you all have a great one. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.